Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. And today I'm joined with Joshua Kennedy, writer, director, actor, producer, man of intrigue, international man of intrigue, I should say. He's been everywhere, <laughs> done almost everything. How are you doing today, Mr. Kennedy? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. And again, I want to thank you for joining us in our first movie review episode, Inherit the Wind, that went out a, a little while back. And um, how did you enjoy doing that? Oh, that was fun. I mean, we, we talked about it, and then that night I watched it again. So it was, it's, I love that movie. So thank you for having me on for that. That was fun. Looking forward to the next one. Oh, I know. I pick up, we might try to do one of your favorite heroes and actors, um, Charlton Heston. Yeah, I'm in. So, so speaking of speaking of Charlton Heston, because I know following you on Facebook, you're always putting stuff up with Charleston. What drew you to him? What movies? I well, uh, the first, uh, and I might have told you this. The first movie I ever saw was The Ten Commandments at uh, age four, three or four. And I mean, what better movie to start you know my cinematic life with? <laughs> and everything after that. Uh, Planet of the Apes, Silent Green, Omega Man. Um, yeah, it's, he's 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 always been part of my life, amazingly. I mean, he's been in everything, and, and Ten Commandments had just about everybody that was a star. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Back then, in Vincent Price, I mean, in, in mm -hmm. the, you know, Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. So. And plus, one of the heroes in that film is. Joshua, so I mean, what, what, what more do you want? It's the <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait till we do the review of some Ten Commandments somewhere down the road, depending on how the dice fall. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Four years from now. And speaking of, did you, Random, did you see that now Blade Runner is no longer a movie set in the future because it takes place in November 2019? Someone, someone was posting about that, and that, that was like, whoa, how cool. <laughs> yeah, for those wondering, we're recording this in November 2019, and now Blade Runner is the past. Or the yeah, present. Yeah. <laughs> present day, present oh, day. Oh, time travel, just so confusing. <laughs> 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 I mean, I remember when Back to the Future was actually in the future. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, now that's in the past. I mean, who knows what else is going to fall... Soylent Green was set in the future, but isn't that... It's like 2022, I think. Yeah, we're closing so, in, and there's I Impossible know. Burgers out there, which makes me start to wonder. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. I thought the same thing. Like, Green Burgers, where are we headed? <laughs> if they start saying um, Impossible Burger Fridays, then I know I'm not eating them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thursday is Impossible Burger Day. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Josh... How did you start going down this path of being a writer, director, and actor? I mean, what, what led you to do that? Did you come out of the womb with a little projection, you know, a little film kit? I, <laughs> I think so. I think uh, I came out of the womb with, with you know, a little VCR camera. But uh, my, my first movie was, and I've said this, this many times to many people, was at the age of five. And it was called It Came From the Bathroom. And if that tells you anything, there was it was called It Came From the Bathroom, and there was a character named Professor Meister, 
which is right from the... I mean, you, you watch it and you see all of the influences at such an early age. It was about this monster that came out of the family toilet and attacked all of my little toy soldiers. <laughs> and it's absolutely ridiculous, but that was age five. And I mean, right then I just have my camera and I'm making it up as I go. And it was just downhill from there, I guess you could say. Uh, started improving on that and started, hey, maybe I could write something. Hey, maybe I could, you know, put the camera on a tripod. Hey, maybe I could get a microphone. It was all snowballing from there. And that's, I guess, the beginning of the end, like I said. The beginning of the end. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> grasshoppers, sadly. <laughs> I was going to say, sounds like a name of a movie, but you knew exactly where I was going. So I'm also curious, <laughs> a lot of your films start off with gooey productions. Yes. How did you come yes. up with Gooey? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Around the same time, it wasn't for my first, it came from the bathroom, but later on, um, I had this, I don't even know if they make it anymore, Silly Putty? Do they, is that still a, a thing? I think it is still and a thing. Is it? Yeah, and uh, I had some as a kid, and I thought I would do a, a very amateur stop-motion animation uh little movie and it was the silly buddy that spread out and grew and t took over the table and crawled across the table and fell off and at the end of it I just said this has been a gooey film production and I zoomed into the silly buddy as it was sticky and gooey and after that I mean it just it stuck and I mean <laughs> people ask me that I was like what is the gooey thing I was like it's a long story <laughs> but that's that's been from the beginning well, see, now the beauty of it is you can refer to them. I'll just go listen to this podcast, and it'll, it's the answer's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it's in there. <laughs> Free publicity. <laughs> Free publicity. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, just, it's there. It's taped here. Here's a recording of it. Listen to it. <laughs> if there's a question you need to ask after that, then come to me, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's all in the podcast. <laughs> now I'm going to say, <clears throat> after, of course, you did your first production, when it came from the bathroom, you, your parents and your family basically have been the stars of a lot of your movies. And oh, yes. they've done a, a, a they, they seem to help you go down that path. Any other um, stories you want to talk about with them or, or memories you want to share, like with what you did with them before you got to university? Oh, I mean, they, they right from the beginning, or my sister, Kat, I mean, she's. I don't know how she has survived being my sister because she was in every single movie as you know the first victim getting killed off we made a movie about killer easter eggs and i was throwing uh those easter eggs with with confetti in them and she was getting attacked by them and that that poor it got to the point where i mean she was honestly looking back on it my first experience with um with diva actress <laughs> <laughs> She, she almost trained me into, into thinking that way because it got to the point where I needed her to be play, you know, getting attacked by... We also had these sunflowers in the backyard that were somehow grew to be 12 feet tall. Mm -hmm. They were ginormous sunflowers, and they became my triffids. So I made... You can imagine, we did Day of the Triffids, we did Night of the Triffids, we did Midnight of the Triffids. I mean, I did about 15 Triffid movies just 
where these triffids were in the backyard and they were killer sunflowers. Anyway, to go back, I would have Kat be attacked by these sunflowers, and I got to the point where she said, okay, Josh, I'm going to give you five minutes to film my entire scene. To film everything you need, I'm giving you five minutes, and then I'm going in my room. And so I had to learn how to schedule. I was like, okay, what can I do <laughs> in these five minutes? And then to get her role, because she was, she was done for the day. She got to the point where she was like, nope, you got five minutes, and then I'm done. And, yeah, I guess she taught me how to time manage at such a, an early age, age six, age seven. <laughs> I was going to say, that definitely helped you with a lot of your movies with the, um, the amount of time you had to film. At a young oh, age, God, you yes. learned every moment was precious. Oh, completely, completely. And luckily, uh, my dad and my mom completely uh, supportive of everything. I mean... Dad, can you play the professor in this one? Yeah, and they come in and make up his lines and be, you know, super creative and help me out. And then, Mom, can you play this? I mean, they were completely very, very supportive family. I've been blessed to have, um, and they still are, amazingly. They haven't got tired of me yet. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said yet, yet. <laughs> but I will say, um. You Having met you many times and talked to you, your parents have done an excellent job of raising you to be a, a very good young, a very fine young man. Because some people, you can tell by the way they're raised, and, and you were raised, or what I look at is the right way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Your, your check is in the mail, okay? <laughs> but thanks, thanks. I appreciate that. But I mean, I've never met your parents, but I mean, I could just you can just tell. Uh, let's see. Now, we talked about Charlton Heston being one of your yes. role models as an actor, and of course he produced. Um, yeah. What other movies or actors influenced you during your young age? Well, if I mean, you probably don't know this, but I'm a Hammer fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that's obvious for people who know me. Um, my mom, huge Hammer fan. It's very random that, that she, I mean, born and raised in South Texas and that she was drawn to these classic, you know, Hammer films and even the AIP films. She's a huge Vincent Price fan. And um, I remember her showing me Horror of Dracula, or Dracula, as it should be known, and in, I mean, very early age. And, it, I mean, it was, she showed me Horror of Dracula, um, Curse of Frankenstein, The Gorgon, I mean, Clash of the Titans, she showed me, she introduced me to the Harryhausen, I mean, oh. she was, yeah, it was, it was, it's, she was the, 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 the gateway to all these classes, and then I just went, and then luckily I was, uh, born, I mean, towards the end of the video VHS age, so we had Blockbuster down the street, I mean, it was just Hastings, I don't know if Hastings is a, a big thing where we could get VHS tapes and oh, it was and my collection grew. It was it was the perfect time to I guess you could call uh, now the perfect time to be watching these because they're so accessible. But um, they were very accessible then too. I can only imagine talking to friend. I mean, I'm sure you you growing up, you had to wait for it on TV and uh, yeah, you had to wait for it on TV. <coughs> Excuse me, I was I had no cable in the house. So it was pretty much you looked yeah. at the TV guide. What's going to be on nighttime on Saturday night mm -hmm. at 
two stations. If I use the rabbit ears right, I got that second station. So you're always hoping it's yeah, on the good yeah. one. <laughs> and then, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoons, they'd have like a monster matinee. So I got to watch my God, got my Godzilla fix. And then whatever came on at midnight or 11 o'clock, you know, was the uh, the other thing you'd get to see. So, so my mom introduced me to that, and it was just uh, all, all from her and, and my dad. My dad's a huge Charlton Heston fan. His favorite film has been her. So, I mean, mm. there's the, the two great avenues of filmmaking. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's Hammer, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, Vincent Price. I mean, who else? I have, I don't know if it's on my wall over here. Well, I know this is radio, but on the wall I have all my... Heroes up here in their autographs. We got James Mason and Michael Guff, Kenneth Toby. Um, yeah, this. Uh, really, I mean, all the greats. You, you know, <laughs> the greats of the classic horror film world. Well, I know, and and you know it. But the thing is, there's a lot of people out there that are starting to forget or have forgotten. And that's one of the things that we like about our podcast is that with the rolling of the die, we're able to bring some movies back to light. Like with our first episode with you doing Inherit the Wind, um, it, it showed some appreciation. And hopefully some people that have never seen these movies before realize, hey, let's give this a watch and, yeah, yeah. and, and enjoy it. And that's, and that's the whole point is to bring these back to light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely I love that. Now, of course... You, you eventually left Texas for a brief yes. period of time and came east, young man. You didn't go west. You went <laughs> east. <laughs> yes. Went and, east and went to school at Pace University in New York City, right off the Brooklyn Bridge. And that was, I mean, just just to, to be exposed to the different cultures and, I mean, where I'm at in South Texas, I mean, we were exposed to many cultures, but this was times a thousand. As you can, for anyone who's ever been to New York City, you you, you know what I'm talking about: the hustle and bustle, the, the fast pacedness, the the different people, different lives. It, it, it was eye-opening experience. I, I had a fabulous time, and exposed to Pace University has a big drama school, uh, acting school, and there's nothing better than actors who are anxious to and excited to work on projects so i was exposed to that um just ready to dive into anything really um yeah i was gonna say you've done a lot of things in pace that you've put up on youtube and it's also available i think in oldies.com yes oldies.com has has the majority of my stuff and youtube uh because most of the time, I mean, people, I mean, you, you called me a director, thank you, uh, but um, I really consider myself a fan above above everything. And some of my movies, especially Dracula 80, 2015, or Airline 79, uh, they're tributes to these classic films, and I felt, as a fan director, that these films wouldn't be the same without the original music of the original films, and I didn't have the money or the budget to, to pay for the rights to the music, so I just used the music and put it on YouTube. I'm not, not getting any money from it, um, but, uh, I mean, that that's the, the fan over the director. It's like, they need to be seen with the original music. 
that's why they're on YouTube. Well, and I agree. Music is definitely a key thing that every movie, because um, it, it, it does so much of putting things in the, the, the emotional state that you can't. Yes. That in or especially when there's no verb, no, no um, words being said, it helps with the actors and sets sets oh, the yeah. tone. Yeah, completely. And um, it's funny. I've been uh, thinking a lot about music recently, mainly because Reber Clark. Um, great guy. He did the music for House of the Gorgon, and we've been discussing music for different projects. And just listening to him, the way his mind works, uh, it's it's completely new experience for me to think about film music. And I've been watching uh, a bunch of John Carpenter stuff and to see how he composes. And just the simplest one note can completely change the feel of a scene. I, I it's it's. It's funny you bring that up because that's been on my mind lately. <laughs> Film music. Yeah, um, Reber um, agreed to have me interview him. I'm going to be interviewing him, interviewing him down the road. Oh, sweet. Yeah, he's a great guy. Love him. Great guy. And one of the things we're going to talk about is favorite film scores. Oh, yeah. So, so what are, since, since we're just talking about music, m- movies that are not yours, What's a film score too? That's just one of your favorites. Doesn't have to be your your all time favorite. Just that are hitting you right now. That you're that you're just in the. Oh, um, just just off the bat, uh, I love anything Bernard Herman. Or Bernard Herman, he actually and I he and I have the same uh, birthday, and Ray Harryhausen. We all share the same birthday. Um, oh. Is his any of his scores? I think his score for Vertigo is just dynamite. That's oh, I could listen to that. All the time. James Bernard, who did a bunch of the Hammer stuff, uh, Dracula, Chris Frankenstein, The Gorgon. Um, John Williams, I mean, can do no wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually, uh, my sister and I, my sister is up in Houston now. She works for NASA, and they're going to be showing, the Houston Symphony is doing Empire Strikes Back live. They want, they show the movie, and then they, they play the orchestra live. Oh, that's going to be great. That's next week, actually. Um who else? Uh, Bernard Herrmann, um, Max Steiner. I mean, Casablanca, King Kong. I I, I love film music, so I'm, I I can go off and on. <laughs> what about you? What was one that you you have? I always love. I'm trying to. Ennio Morcone. Yeah. And uh, besides the ones everybody always attributed to the um, the No Name trilogy. My name is Nobody, is one of the ones I like. You know, and I don't know if you ever seen that film with Henry Fonda no, and Terrence and um, Terrence Hill. Oh, Nobody. My name is Nobody. My name is Nobody. Okay, I'll write this down. It's basically. I, I have an ever, an ever growing list of movies <laughs> I need to watch, but that I love Henry Fonda, so. It's one of the favorite of, of um, both Ben McCann and myself. So eventually, we're going to be reviewing that. Um, I'm cool. sure, but it, it, I look at it as a combination of the comedic, Terrence Hill's like the comedic Western that was taking, starting to take mm-hmm. over, and Henry Fonda's the old type Western. And in the film, when yes. you watch it, you'll notice Henry Fonda kills everybody he goes against, where Terrence Hill finds a comedic way to handle his adversary. But, ah. you know, and, and it was just, it's just, Shows you to change it at a time, and it's all it's all about changing of the guard, so to speak, in the movie. And so it's it's really I I really enjoy it, and I and when I put those, it's like two different film types 
mesh together. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good. Interesting. It's good. Oh yeah, we'll definitely have to yeah. Let me know. You have to let me know when you watch it, what you yeah. think of it. <laughs> Interesting. But I like the score of that one. I also like the score from the original Orient Express. Oh yeah, good. Murder one. on the Orient Express. It's just that that whole part where it changes as each person's going on to the train and mm-hmm. oh it's just just really good so it's it, besides the ones you've mentioned already you know yeah. i'm trying to think of a couple others maybe we want to do it um when i do it with reaver instead of him just talking with him maybe we'll try to make it if we're all at monster bash again in june do a little round table oh, yeah. thing and talk about soundtracks and just ripped on I it did. that way and i think that might be fun Sweet, you tell me. I'd love to. Yeah. Well, hopefully, unless you have a movie to debut, you might have more time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. It's, Monster Bash comes and it's gone like that. Well, I was at this this past October, and there was a lot less people. And um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's one of the nice things about less people is more opportunity to talk to people and have that those 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 things where the June one is also nice, but then it's like. You feel like you're up to two or three in the morning. You're waking up at yeah. eight in the morning, and you, you, after a while, <laughs> <laughs> fatigue starts to hit in because you want you want to try to do everything. And for those yes, that have never yes. been to Monster Bash, it's 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 around Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's twice a year. You, you got to go if you're a, um, a a classic monster movie fan. It's something you're really going to enjoy. Very family oriented. Very nice atmosphere. You know, Ron Adams yeah. runs a great show. Hey, yeah, I can't can't recommend it enough. It's really Now, speaking of your movies, I, I started to come into your movies with the St. Augustine Monster, which um, okay. was your silence movie. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that, that was made the, the summer before I uh, graduated from Pace. And it was shot here in South Texas in one room, amazingly. And, amazingly... Uh, you're probably going to be shocked by this. I had not seen The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari until that year. So that's three. I, most people grow up with that. Most people, you know, that, I mean, that, that's that's one of those that I had to see, and I just had, had not seen it. One of those iconic films. And we watched it in film class. And we watched it at 9 in the morning. And I seemed to be the only one awake having my mind blown while we were watching it. All the students were like, ah, this is boring, it's silent, blah, 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 blah. The typical millennial, you know, (laughs) mindset. And, man, that film really, I guess it was good that I waited. It was just the perfect time to watch it and blew my mind. Luckily, it was on Netflix Instant. And it's on YouTube because it's public domain. So every night for about a week, I would get home and just watch it and just be lulled by the hypnotic sense of it the, the art direction it was just such an eerie film and that that was the year i was like i need to make this this a, a silent film and funny enough the saint augustine monster is actually a real occurrence i don't know if you knew that no i didn't um, it was some and i think it's been debunked now but i don't like to think that it was debunked this giant something washed up on the beaches of saint augustine florida in like 1896 and it was, I think it's been debunked as giant whale blubber, but it was just this giant thing that no one knew what it was. 
and for at the time they thought it was a giant octopus and I read about this story years ago and I always wanted to make a movie about it but I could never figure out okay what's the tone of this film is it like a hammer film do we make it slightly comedic and it was the perfect time that I saw Caligari and thought of that and was like what if I just made it a silent film just didn't need any dialogue <laughs> could get away with just images and I'm actually quite it's only 20 minutes long it's like 15 20 minutes long but I'm, I'm proud of it of that one um just because it's it's so weird it's so beyond my normal stuff i really enjoyed it and i saw it at monster bash two years ago i think it was two years ago in the, in the uh-huh. 2018 monster bash and i remember it, i had not seen the cabinet of dr caligari until about three or four years ago yeah and people always okay, okay. And, and people always like you just said oh don't get upset there's so there's millions of movies out there <laughs> and people say you haven't seen this or that it's like <laughs> you know it's like you know and then and then some people have seen the same movie a hundred times in a row and can spout dialogue I, i'm a movie fan i like i, I go all over play, as yourself and as anybody listening to this podcast i like to watch and experience so many different types of movies yeah. i mean i have favorite ones i kind of more drawn to but I've, I've watched them all foreign domestic whatever you know i don't really care that's why we have that randomness with the genres yeah and, yeah yeah but with silent movies, when you were growing up, they didn't show up on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, now, as you were saying, things are being more accessible, and it was just great. It's finally able to watch it. And then I think it was the year before I saw your movie, and it was just like then going into seeing that, and you can just see how yeah, – you did You did an excellent job, especially, I Thank mean, with the, with the budget you had, which was – Zero. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it was like what ten bucks. I mean, you, you have no budget, yeah. <laughs> and that kind of thing. But it was, you know, it, you did an excellent job whipping. And of course, silent movies always lead me to my one joke when people say, "Why do you do podcasting?" And I always say, "I got the face for radio, but I got the voice for a silent movie." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's great. So had to get my line in there for you. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes, but so you have that voice. Now, probably my favorite college movie of yours is one of my favorite Charleston Heston movie films that you did a tribute of, in the Alpha Omega Man. And I, I think you, I'm going to let you talk about it a second, but I was like, you did a very good rendition of it, again, with next to nothing as a budget. <laughs> but you yeah. had a lot of people that were game and did it, and, 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 and the cast did an excellent job. I think you did an excellent job, and it, and it just it just works, and and it doesn't, and and you show parts of Charleston Heston in it, but I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah, well, uh, thank thank you, I thank you for that. I'm I'm proud of that that film too, because that was that was my final uh, Pace University film, and the whole reason that came about was all of my I I had started school freshman year in. Uh, usually everyone starts in the fall. I started in the spring, so I was kind of a semester off with my peers. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like everyone starts the fall. And I, I took a semester off after high school and started in the spring. So all of my, I think I made six films at, at Pace, or six or seven features, and, and my fellow cast members that had been in all those, they had graduated because I had uh, 
they graduated in uh, in the spring, and so I had an, I was a semester behind, if that makes sense. Anyway, so I thought to myself, what's my last movie I can make? And but all of my friends have graduated, and they all have jobs now. They all have their own lives. Scheduling is going to be horrible. What can I do? And I said, I have me, and my sister also went to Pace University, so I have Cat. What can I possibly do with just me? And it was, what if I was the last man on earth? And then, oh, Mega Man, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> and, yeah, it, we shot it. That, that, that was my final semester, and it was, it's basically a love letter, not only to New York City and Charlton Heston and the Omega Man, but a love letter to Pace University because we filmed all on the campus with a bicycle, which you're not supposed to have. Like, we broke so many rules. <laughs> you're not supposed to be filming in the dorms. I mean, we, we just did everything. It was my final film. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of it. And I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that, that it's your favorite because I'm, I'm very fond of it. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it's because of the Charleston Heston connection. You know, it's just um, <laughs> it, it's just because it fits. It's it goes right in there, and I'm just like, oh, it's it's just it's I don't know. I, I Charleston Heston always brought his A game to so many different oh, types yeah. of movies that other actors will sometimes be like, oh, it's this is a sci-fi thing. I'm just I'm just going to collect the paycheck, <laughs> but not yeah, but not yeah, Charleston Heston. That's, that's why Planet of the Apes works so well. Is that he is so? I think that's. I mean, there's many great roles, but I think that might be his his greatest. I mean, he, of course, he played Moses. How can you compare Moses and Ben Hur to Taylor and <laughs> Planet of the Apes? But uh, to his devotion to, to this is real. This is happening. These are not rubber ape masks next to me. This is really happening. I think they and that goes for Omega Man. That goes for Soylent Green. Um, he's he like you said, bringing his A game. And gosh, he's. I, I, I love that man. <laughs> he can do no wrong. I mean, he, he, that's it's. So that that was. I dedicated the Alpha Omega Man to him. It starts off with dedicated Charlton Heston, but yeah. As I was say, yeah, it, it's just he always brought it, and and, and <laughs> that's what you just gotta love about him. Now, after the Alpha Omega Man, you started. You did. You've done two other movies that are outside of your college career that I know of. Um, Theseus and the Minotaur, and House yes. of the Gorgon. So, what do you want to talk to us about Theseus and the Minotaur, which was a kind of a sword and fantasy, Harry Howells and tribute type film? <laughs> yes, um, I had met Ryan Lengill. I don't know if you, have you have you met him. He's. I saw him. I didn't meet him. I think I saw him with one of the models one time at, at the Monster Bash. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny, you talk about Monster Bash and how it's a mecca for monster kids. He was showing one of his stop motion. He does stop motion in his garage or in his basement on his free time. And he was showing a little film in 2016, 2017. He was at Monster Bash showing one of his films, and I was showing something. And I was just completely floored with he, he knows this stuff. Um He's, he, and, and he's such a fan, and his animation is incredible. And I went up to him, and we exchanged info, and I was like, we need to make a movie together. And luckily, so I had just graduated, and I sent him an email. I go, what do you think about making a Jason and the Argonauts Clash of the Titans movie? He completely agreed, and he did some fantastic work on Theseus and the Minotaur. And 
it's shot all here in South Texas. Luckily, South Texas is a great um, avatar for ancient Greece because we have desert, we have beaches, we have, <laughs> um, we've got some great locations and a bunch of, again, friends and family uh, were the cast. And we got these great stop motion monsters. Um, and I play the evil king. I mean, what, what, what more could, could I want? <laughs> <laughs> what more can anybody ask for? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the difference between you and a lot of other young filmmakers is you actually go out there and then make the film. You have that drive to do it where a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And, and they let hurdles get in the way, which a lot of us do. And then there's, yes, people, yes. And there's a lot of people like yourself who go out there and just, okay, this is a hurdle, but I can get around it by doing this. Or I can get around this hurdle by doing that. And then, we can make this work. It's almost like the old um, Judy Garland, Mickey Rooney things. Like, let's kid, come on, kids, we're going to put on a show, <laughs> and they yeah, do it yeah, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and and it's it's almost like uh, yeah, that's the, the perfect the perfect summation. It's it's a group of friends coming together and family members, and you can sell the costumes. Oh, great! And it, it has that that uh, I've always loved loved that 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 atmosphere. I think a happy family atmosphere on a set is the most important thing um, for me, anyway. I mean, the movie can can be great, and uh, but I'll I'll take an okay movie and a family atmosphere over a great movie and a crappy atmosphere, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think everybody wants a nice work environment. You know, everybody yeah. everybody likes to come to their job, and yes, and that's yes. what it is. And if if you don't want to go to your work, then it's it's going to bring your performance down. And, and even even with that being said, I mean, these people, are, they're, they're volunteering their time. I mean, they all have their day jobs. Most of their teachers work at the grocery store. And it's like, hey, you free Saturday night to give up your free night and come put on a toga and fight minotaurs, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I go for a happy atmosphere all the time. And luckily, all, I've, I've had great atmospheres. On Theseus, Theseus was so much fun to make. Like, it just so it's... it's I'm, you can imagine me holding a pole and a soccer ball at the top, and that was the eye line for all of these actors. It's like, okay, this is a, now a giant bird that's attacking you, and we, we had such fun making that. Um, so how much did you feel like Ray Harryhausen directing people, holding that ball up and telling them, this is what's going to be happening, this is what I need you to do, I need you to do it in this rhythm? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it was, I did that, I mean, I had read about that, read about all his little techniques and you know listen to the audio commentaries and special features but then when i became friends with uh martin beswick and caroline monroe who, who you know worked with harryhausen on uh one million years bc and caroline on uh golden voyage of sinbad um to hear that they they, they did he did the same thing that they were all laughing and he's like this is the this is the eye this is the eye look out now the monster's coming <laughs> That was a nice, almost like a pat on the back. Of, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not too far off. Yeah, because I've heard all those stories too, and I'm just like, I could just imagine, you know, and people are like, "Is he mad? Is he crazy?" Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but there's a method to the madness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, they just to hear that they never saw the creature until the premiere, or when they saw the finished film. That's when, oh, that's what he meant. That that's true magic of the movies. And with Ray Harryhausen. You could always trust it was going to it was going to deliver. Sometimes with CGI, I've seen some movies where it's like, oh, eh. 
or the, or the giant yeah. claw. A lot of people, a lot of the actors didn't know what the giant claw was going to look like until they saw the movie. <laughs> I love the giant claw. I mean, people can bash that film all the time. I just love that. Thing. Talk about going back to bringing your A game to a film. Jeff Morrow and uh, what's her name? I do. There's people back back home screaming at the, the the radio right now. I should know her name. Jeff Morrow and she's so good in it. To the internet. Um, yeah, I'm drawing the blank myself. Of course, I'm using my iPad to Skype with you. So <laughs> I'm going the old fashioned. I have written notes. <laughs> I'm old school. <laughs> Oh, she's really going to be mad at us. If, yeah. I know, I know. Sorry, Mara. You're one of my favorites. But she's she, what is, she's in Tarantula, I think. No, yeah, she is in Tarantula. And the Black Scorpion, yes. And she's, her and Jeff Morrow, I mean, we'll get off Jeff, uh, we'll get off John Claude, but they, they're just bringing their A game, and then you just see what they came up with. Like, come on. <laughs> I think Harryhausen was supposed to do that, wasn't he? Or they, oh, they that ran out of money. I've heard a lot of stories where they ran out of money and <laughs> couldn't get yeah, Harry Housen. Um, they shipped it to, to a low-budget thing in Mexico, I think, and the actors had to leave the premiere because it was just so, so bad. It's. I think uh, they tell a lot of actors back then, that, oh, yeah, we have Ray Harryhausen. I don't think they ever really ever <laughs> <laughs> had Ray Harryhausen. It was just, oh, yeah, he's involved. Oh, sure, we know. And then I'm in. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we got Ray Steinbacher, you know, what? <laughs> Some kind of different name. It's like, oh, yeah, we, yeah. You, must have, you must have misunderstood what we said. It's just Ray <laughs> Harry. <laughs> now, speaking of Carolyn, Caroline Monroe and Martine Beswick, you did a yes. little movie with them and expanded your family, so to speak, with hammer horror British icons, and you brought them back and i just want to say thank you for bringing him back because that's i always feel a lot of actresses especially but sometimes actors also a lot of everybody they reach a certain age in hollywood it's just like oh we don't unless you want to be the grandma we don't want you anymore and you didn't bring him back as the grandma <laughs> <laughs> well th thank you for saying that because um that that was the, the main goal of this movie was <laughs> I want to see, I mean, us Hammer fans, there's, I mean, we're, we lose, they're, they're, they're up there age-wise, and we, we lose, I mean, we've lost so many of them so far, but, but they're, 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 they're fantastic actresses and actors, and me as a fan, like I said, I'm a fan above anything, I want to see them in another gothic horror film, I want to see them in, in another film, and that's, that's, was the basis, that was, the acorn that would grow a great oak, as Ed Wood would say, or Johnny Depp, as Ed Wood would say. And for and those that don't know, the movie we're talking about, I think I forgot to mention, is House of the Gorgon. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, for those who are keeping track at home. And, it's, and Veronica Carlson hadn't been on screen in, like, 25 years. Martine was the same thing. Martine Beswick uh, hadn't been on screen in 24, 23 years. And... I had be become friends with them over the course of four or five years, and it got to the point where I would shoot these little music videos with them at Monster Bash, and they were really just fun things to kill time, and 
Martine Beswick is my favorite actress. I mean, she's uh, she's on my she's still on my wall. Um, I mean, she was my icon growing up, and we made these ridiculous music videos where I'm wooing her through song and giving her all my love in these song and dance routines. And it got to the point where, and then Caroline Monroe wanted to be in it, and I was like, well, who am I to say no to that? And it got to the point where we had made four or five of these. They're all on YouTube, by the way. And um, And where can they find you on YouTube? Just type in Joshua Kennedy and um, Joshua Kennedy, Martin Beswick, and that'll probably be the first one that comes up. And we had made four or five of these music videos, and finally Caroline, after all this time, said, you know, we should... We've done all these. Why don't we just make a movie together? And she said it as a joke. And, of course, me, I was like, this is <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Don't give me that, that freedom. And I wrote on the plane back from Pittsburgh back to Texas, I wrote on the vomit bag on the plane. <laughs> I, had, I had no paper, so I wrote on the vomit bag. And it was the basic outline of House of the Gorgon. It was going to be Veronica Carlson, Caroline Monroe, Martin Beswick, and Christopher Neen. And to have them all together, if they would say yes, if they would read the script, and it, that was going to be the ultimate the ultimate dream. And we got uh, Georgina Dugdale to be the lead uh, love interest, and she is actually Caroline Monroe's real-life daughter. And so it was... to, to con- to keep that family, you know, feel of my films, like that was the ultimate family. And they've know they've all known each other for years. I mean, Caroline Monroe and Christopher Neen, they Dracula eighty seventy two, and crazy enough, they have not seen each other since then, which was whoa, that was uh, a big deal. So it it was a dream come true, and we shot the whole thing in five days. And I, I mean, I wish we had the budget to do. Six months. <laughs> that would be <laughs> fabulous. Can you imagine what we could come up with six months? But for what we had and the time we had, the budget we had, I'm proud of what, what we did. And I'm happy to hear that you appreciate it for what it is. It's 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 a lovely it's not, you know, gonna win any Academy Awards. It's not going to you know, win awards and oh my god, this is the greatest thing. This is for the, for the fans, by a fan. It's fun. It's, it's, it's a love letter to the films we love and a love letter to the ladies and Christopher Neen. Um, and I, I just wanted to see them on screen again. And Oh, I, I enjoyed it. And um, as I was telling you earlier, your, your interview is going to go out after our review of House of the Gorgon. And so, that, so that's would have been done last the week prior to this. And I told Josh, I said, the interesting thing is, as, as anybody that listened to last week's review, my daughter does not like snakes, so she refused to watch the movie. <laughs> so I got my, so I got my nephew Charlie, who is a cinematography major, who knows nothing about Hammer films, nothing at all about, never met Josh, doesn't know Josh, total blind reviewer in a sense, where he had, to, it, it's not even his type of movie, and it was interesting. Uh, I, I should say because now this will be I'm, inter- I'm doing this interview with you now prior to the review but <laughs> but it, it, uh, I heard him he did watch the movie and he did tell me he goes what, what, I need you to help me fill in the holes here and I said we will in the review I didn't want to tell him anything before the review 
but he's never seen any Hammer films. He's not going to get any of the references. And I said to Josh, I did this on purpose because I think a movie should stand on its own. And, and that's yeah. the whole point. And, you know, what did you think about that? Having a, having somebody that's never seen that stuff before. I, compl- I completely agree with that. I, 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 every movie should stand on its own. And I will say I'm pretty I, – I'd be interested to hear what he thinks. I mean, this is the ultimate – this was – you know, every single frame of House of the Gorgon has some tribute to something. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to hear what he thinks. Um, going in blind, basically. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that idea. I'm all for that. Different opinions, different ideas. Uh, you learn so much that way. Now, because I, I, even though we haven't recorded a review, I, I told Josh ahead of time my feelings about the movie and, um, and, and basically the critique. And I said, I, re- I thought it was a really good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think it's Josh's best movie. Yeah, I mean, it's his best movie out now. But I'm looking at it <laughs> 10 years from now, looking at your progression. I think we'll look back at this movie and say, yeah, this was really good. But this, this movie that's out now, this is like, whoa. And I think, and that's what I'm seeing. I'm looking at this stuff you did in college. You know, with the, the Dracula movie, the Airport movie, you know, Alpha Mega Man, Theseus, House of Gorgon. I see, a, I see a big jump between a lot of films like Theseus and Minotaur and House of Gorgon. I see a jump there, you know, and, and, and part of it could be because of the cast you were able to get, you know, and um, uh, and and everybody was bringing even more of an A game, you know, and and the, and the and the love they're all having for doing that movie. I can't wait to see ten years from now what you're able to do, especially if you had more than five days, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give well, the man. Thank you. That, that's, that's, that's a high compliment. Thank you. Um, and I, I every, every film, I, I've said this before, every film I think is, is an experiment or should be an experiment for filmmakers, for actors. It's like, well, let's, let's try this. Is, if this works, if this doesn't work. And to hear that, uh, someone thinks that I'm progressing and getting better is, is, is very nice to hear. So, so thank you for that. Well, I don't think I'm the only one. I've talked to other people, you know. It's, and my thing is, is I try to keep it real, and, 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 Indeed, and yeah. Josh always appreciate that. And I, to, I told him that the, and I said this in my feet, my review last week was that um, because of the five day shooting schedule, that limited him to have that character development that I know he that you wanted to do. Oh, and, yeah. and and I think if you had a month, it would. Can you imagine? Oh. I, <laughs> Oh, it would that would have been just something. I I can just imagine a month with the it would it would have, but of course every filmmaker always wants more time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's why I I, I, I prefaced my idea I, my thoughts on it was for the time we had and for the budget we had there's we couldn't have done better. And but can you imagine a month? Of, I mean, a million dollar budget. Holy crap! If we could you know actually go film at Bray Studios. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. But yeah, budget and, and time is always... You're right, every filmmaker is like, well, if we could have done this, if we could have done that. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I'm glad I own it. And um, for, oh, those, <laughs> for, for those that are wondering how it's back, um, Josh's movie when he did his Indiegogo campaign. And so, you know, full yes. disclosure, I did. I was a backer. <laughs> Now, what films do you are you working on now? What projects 
are coming out. I know I know one that I helped back also, but I've, I I heard that you might be working on. I mean, you always are working on. It seems like five or six different things. Oh yeah, oh yes. There's I mean it's it's nonstop here, and I kind of like it that way. It keeps, like I said, keeps the experiment going. Try this, try that. Um, for something completely different, we just finished My Fair Lady on stage a, a few months ago. And so that, I mean, talk about left field to go from, you know, hammer horror to musical theater. <laughs> that was a great success. And um, so right now, finishing up, I, well, it's done. We're just waiting on the animation for Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls. We talked about Ryan Lengiel, the stop motion animator. He's doing the animation for that. And he's doing a fabulous job, but he has he has a kid now. Between Theseus and and uh, cowgirls, he has a lovely lovely son, and um, so he's a little busy being a dad. So and again, he's volunteering his time, so I'm not rushing him. And the stuff he's sending is fantastic. Is uh, so waiting on that cowgirls versus pterodactyls, and that's one. And you shared Two. some nice. By the way, you shared some nice pictures of. The pterodactyls, and oh, yeah. from the set, and I was just like, "Oh, this is looking good. This is this is looking." Yeah. And I'd rather somebody, I'd rather have something looks really good, than have them rush it, and then you're because once it's out, it's out. You know, it's it's done <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah. So and it goes back to what we said. It's like I wish we had more time. I was like, you know what, Ryan? We're, there's no rush. Take your time on it. Do it right. And like I said, the stuff he's sending is just so detailed and Harryhausen-like. I'm very... I mean, he's... Talk about improving. I think it's a big jump from Theseus, his work on Theseus, to this. Um, and the ladies that... that They're all uh, past veterans of gooey films. They're, they're all in my New York films. So they're back. They're playing the cowgirls, so that's fun. Um, there's that, and then I have completely left field Saturnalia. And... <laughs> I think you're the first person I've talked to about this publicly, at least. Um, oh, we got we got an exclusive. <laughs> we got an exclusive. We have an exclusive. <laughs> Saturnalia. It's an idea I've had for a very long time. Actually, I wrote it in like seventh grade as part of like a creative writing thing, and I won some middle school award for it. But it's about a janitor who works at. I mean, completely different from my other stuff. A janitor who works at, like, an Area 51 experimental facility. And at the, the facility, they are testing out this ray gun that is going to solve world hunger. They're going to shoot it at an apple, and the apple is going to duplicate itself 15 times. So it's like, that's how they're going to solve world hunger. You just shoot it at, you know, a piece of bread, and there's 15 pieces of bread. So the janitor is down on his luck. He's, he's trying to make ends meet. He's getting evicted from his house. Da, 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 da. He goes, what if I steal this gun and I can shoot a wad of money and I'll make, you know, instead of one $20 bill, it'll make $120 bills. So he steals the gun. He brings it to his house. And he's a janitor, but he also wants to be a comic book artist. So his walls are, are covered with comic book art and his, his, the character that he created is Saturnalia, which is this superheroine cave girl. <laughs> I wonder where that came from. And <laughs> so he brings the gun to his house, and he puts the money on the table, and he shoots it. The 
gun misfires and shoots one of his drawings, and the drawing comes to life and runs out, and he needs to chase it, and hijinks ensue. It's a really random comedy, comic book, sci-fi thing. And filming that right now, and I have uh, the lovely Danny Thompson, who I met in London um, at the House of the Gorgon premiere, and she's playing Saturnalia. I've never worked with her, but she seems... I've met her. She's fantastic. And she's playing Saturnalia. She's coming over in December for a week. Talk about five days. Uh, <laughs> and we're back to five days. And, yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's number two. That's Saturnalia. And then number three, hopefully, next year we will do not a sequel, but a follow-up to House of the Gorgon with the same cast. Uh, working on that, nothing definite yet, but it's 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 in the ether. Because um, yeah, it doesn't have to be a true sequel. I look at uh, if you had the same cast, people are like, how could they come back? But look at American Horror Story; they've been using yeah, a lot exactly. of the same cast, and they just different roles re- and repurpose exactly. these 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 great wonderful actors and say, let's okay, now you're going to play this role and that role, and exactly, yeah, and and we're look. I'm looking at some. Maybe a Lovecraftian feel. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm sure you'll be the first to, to hear about it <laughs> once something is, you know, written down. But we're uh, we're working on that. We shall see. Um, right now, Cowgirls and Saturnalia. That, that's eating up my time right now. Well, which is understandable because you you got those coming. You're finishing off the one and getting ready to yes. start the other one. But it's nice to know that you, you'll be bringing back the uh, the ladies and Mr. Neem again for another movie, and it's just and I, oh, it was them and maybe maybe a few more. I mean, no 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 uh, no promises, but I don't want to say anyone. But there's it's the House of the Gorgon cast plus possibly a few others. Um, we, we should see. Oh, you, you tease you, you tease. Because <laughs> I have a bad habit of, of it's it's a curse. I'll say, oh, they're going to be in it. And then back in high school, I would do this all the time. I was like, we got, you know, so-and-so to be in it. I, I mean, a friend who was going to another school. And then they had to drop out. So <laughs> I don't want to give it away and then have something horrible happen. So it's, we're, we're in discussion phases. Nothing yeah. definite. Yeah. Don't want to get you in trouble with Gooey Productions. Wait a minute, you run Gooey Productions. <laughs> You'll be looking at the mirror yelling at yourself. Yeah, yeah, in the mirror. And then, and then somebody will walk by and just be like, oh, staff meeting. <laughs> yeah. I, I can just picture a movie with that going on where it's just it could just be you playing the roles, all these different roles. I just, to go back real quick, one time I didn't have any cast. I mean, this is age six or seven, and my sister, poor cat, played all the roles. And it was that the end credits was and Kathleen Kennedy as everybody. She played every. It was it's it's a really silly movie. She was in different costumes, different wigs. But like again, we go back. It's like you got to work with what you have. You have one person. Let's let's make make it work. Yeah, you don't want to use the ray gun on them and make them 15 different people because that could lead to problems. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they say, "Where's? wait a minute, the, you had me for five minutes. 
you or the, or the second you? Or the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pikachu, dude, that would be cool. That, that's a whole movie right there. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you, you know, you, I'm not a movie maker. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Trying to stay, trying to stay in my niche. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask you is an interesting thing. I was curious. Trying to picture a scene from the eyes of the director, you know, because not a lot of us don't understand how, what a, how a director thinks or how they picture something. I, I was trying to think if you could take us through maybe a scene at House of the Gorgon, like, like a small little part of it, and give us, like, from your viewpoint as the director, what you were looking to do. You know, you could pick whatever, like, little part you want to do. It could, it could be where there was nobody in the scene. It could be where people were in the scene. It could be... You know, that way I could try to you, you don't understand what I'm trying to try, try, try to get across yeah 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 it's, okay great question um, and I'm sure every director works differently so I can only talk about how, how I imagine it um, so I love and I've met many directors and I've, many famous directors work differently but I love collaboration hmm. on on set I think uh the ideas that an actor will come up with are... So I, I try and limit myself to planning something so concrete. And st- I, I love storyboards. If, you, if there's an action sequence, and so let's take House of the Gorgon. Um, the big, there's a big exorcism sequence towards the end, no spoilers, and they're trying to exorcise the house and funny enough, so side note, I talked to Christopher Neen beforehand, and I'm going, okay, so we're, this is the scene where we exercise the house. And he goes, so where's the treadmill? And I was like, wait, what? He's like, exercise? I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> so that, that was a big joke. Um, anyway, so uh, action sequence, no dialogue, um, very vital, vital to the plot. I storyboard that, that scene out. It's so we have uh, the heroes... Um, get close-ups of them, and then the next shot uh, is, you know, the Gorgons come out and we shoot the Gorgons. That, that's that's the storyboard that, that r- rarely has any collaboration because there's no dialogue and it's just visual, so I know what I need. When it comes to a dialogue scene, um, I love to not storyboard it and just see how the actors, where, the, where, where it feels natural for them to, to move. So let's think of an example. Um, uh, the Veronica Carlson comes into the church and she's asking the priest Christopher Neem for help. Her the family is being attacked. How can the priest help stop these monsters? And I told Veronica and Chris, I was like, just just you have the lines. You all know the lines. Put down the scripts. Just just. Feel it out. What what feels natural for you as uh, an actor? And usually they will come up with something ten times better than what I had in my mind. And Chris will... I was like, just just almost improvise how you're going to move around. Veronica storms in. Chris is sitting in the chair, defeated because he's a priest who's lost his faith. She comes up to him, and he, as the priest naturally it's almost like she walks up to him and she he needs to get away he needs to, to he can't look her in the face he can't stand 
her. So he, he gets up and he goes up the stairs to, to the, the altar and he's just trying to get away. And she's, they naturally, as actors, start raising their voices and it gets more intense, more intense. I didn't write it that they would be yelling. I thought it would just be like a quiet, Father, I need your help. No, I can't help you. I am, I have no faith, blah, 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 blah. As they improvise it and just try it around, they start yelling at each other. And this is ten times better than anything that I could imagine. Father, I need your help. No, I can't. I mean, he's, he's, they're both giving, like, Oscar-worthy performances. And I'm just standing there in shock. Holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, again, the fan in me is like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so it's only after they, they, I love rehearsal. Lots of directors don't love rehearsal. So I love rehearsing. It's like, try it again. Try, maybe, Chris, if you pointed at her in this one shot, if you did this. And it's from there that I start planning the camera setups, especially with, with actors that know what they're doing and they know their lines. We can play with that. And that's where I was like, okay, so I'll film her coming in. I'll film his reaction to her, then he needs to get up, and then I film his screaming at her. It, it, I, I like to base my decisions off what the actors are doing. Does that make sense? It, it does, and that's and that's what I was trying to – because a lot of people, when they watch these things, are always wondering, well, what is the director thinking when going yeah. and plotting this out? And, of course, then down the road, the editing um, yes. part. And um, you know, because you get you want you always want enough footage so you can be with, with shots that you can maneuver things. I'm sure. Yes. Oh, yes. And um, I mean, that, that's House of the Morning was the perfect situation because everyone knew their lines. They had thought about their character. I mean, these guys, these gals, and Chris were just dynamite. I mean, professional. Chris was Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. He's done all the Shakespearean background. He knows his craft, and. That's when I we can I love that's my favorite part of these films is it's like okay let's play with this what if you tried this what if you tried that with actors who don't know their lines it becomes more I have to you know take over it's like okay let's stay on this shot and a bunch of my films I'm sad to say have been that but I mean you learn different methods but uh, but yeah it's, it's let let the actors guide you is is, is my thing and. To answer your question again, I already see the film completed in my head. I see them improvise the scene. I was like, okay, how is the, the scene's going to start with this close-up, then it's going to move to the three-shot, then it's going to go like this. And in a perfect world, we have a month, and we can you know, try different things. But when you, have, <laughs> when you have five days, it's like, okay, how quickly can I shoot this? Okay, if I can shoot his close-ups, he can go home because he's feeling tired because he's been up since you know 9 a.m then i can just film all of veronica's stuff it's it's a whole so many variables come into play with low budget filmmaking but in a perfect world you can try different things and, and let the actors play um does that answer your question should i be more specific or? i think i think it does because i'm trying to get the listeners an idea of what goes through your mind in doing it. i think you did an excellent job of doing that and i know there's I've talked to some different actors and I've heard some different actors do Q and A's and they said that some of the directors that they love are the ones that are saying, you're a professional, you're an actor. I know, you know, your stuff, bring it, you know, like, you know what you're supposed to do. And then if they're not doing what that, as you said, that's when you step in and it's like, yeah, I like this part, but you know, let's, let's try a little bit of this and that. And then, and then everybody, but it's, it's that collaborative effort. And I know not everybody works that way. And, and, and some actors want more guidance 
and some yeah. actors that don't want guidance need the guidance. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a famous line. If it's Hitchcock or if it's Orson Welles, it's like a director should always be a great captain or a great arranger. It's like leave the ship and then arrange them in the thing. Give them what they need, and but let them do some of the work too. Don't don't force feed them into or fit the the, the square peg into the the circle circular hole. Does that make sense? But they're they're professionals or should be. <laughs> exactly, and that, and um, and that's that's one of the reasons I was saying like I could see how this film over your last film, Theseus the Mentor, which was, I also enjoyed very much, you know, but the House of Gorgon, you have a much more experienced cast. Yeah, oh and God, and yes. you're able to utilize that, where a lot of these other ones, you're dealing with people, it could be their first film or, 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 yeah. or ever, and or they're, they already have a limited amount of experience. And you could see the difference where, you know, you're able to bring a lot of good stuff out of them, but this one, it's like a different situation where they're able to help bring a lot of good stuff out of you. Oh, yeah. The yes. writer and director. Yeah, it was, it was you, you nailed it. It, it. I mean, these decades of experience, and they've worked with, I mean, my heroes. I mean, Caroline's Cushing, Vincent Price. I mean, it was, it's almost, what's the, the game, like six degrees of separation, or it's, it's like it's, they're one person away from my heroes. So it was, it was wonderful. One, if not the greatest experience of my life. So we'll see, hopefully the next one comes along. Um, that I can work with them again, uh, but does that add, does that make sense with the director uh, mm -hmm. uh, point of view? I okay. think so. I think it does, and uh, I think I think uh, and like I said, as you said earlier, every director is different. Everybody's different yeah. in their approach, and um, and I think I think that helps them out, you know, because you pictured the movie ahead of time, and then but you're also able to uh, you're malleable, where you're able yes. to say, okay, I'm not. This isn't set in stone, and some directors are. And yeah. and they, and they've I mean, been if, great directors, but sometimes the cast hates them. Yeah, I mean, if it works for them, it, it works for them. But I, again, it goes back to that family atmosphere. It's like, okay, how can we all work together? What do you think? Uh, and Chris, bless him, would come up with the uh, with the script and be like, Josh, I have in his great, you know, British voice. I have, I have the question. What if we change this line to this line? And of course, me, I had to, you know, withhold my. It's like, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> You're Christopher Dean. You can do whatever you want. I had to be like, yeah, I think that's. I had to keep my my, my game face. Yeah, I think that that might be able to work, Chris. But they were tremendous and so. And I, my friend Dan Day, uh, um, he was on set and he he got to see it and he said that they took it so serious. They're such professionals. They they could have easily. Oh, this is you know. A small paycheck and this is, uh, it's Josh's little movie. He's like, no, they, they, they brought their, again, we talked the A game and that, that was, I was so blessed that, that they did that. I'm, I was I'm happy that they did that for you too. It reminds me of like Vincent Price. We talked about Charleston Heston where yeah. they always brought their professionalism, Boris Karloff, Peter Cushing. I mean, you can, you can go on and on and on. Yeah. And in Ed Wood's stuff, I mean, he was always giving 2000%. And, and I think what some of these actors miss that, that don't give these great performances is that people are going to see this and they're going to be like, oh, they, they used to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but and, and, and I think that a professional actor, like the one you were surrounded with in this film, and, and, and to be honest, to me it was like a Veronica Carlson star vehicle. I mean, she just 
ran with that movie. I mean, she had, of course, the, the best line. I mean, to me, it was just, it was like, wow. And I love Veronica Carlson, but it was just like, it was, it, it's great that that new people are going to be able to see her and be like, who is she? And then they're going to go back and yes. look at these other films and be like, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing yeah. with Caroline and um, and Martine and, 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 and Mr. Neve. You know, it's like they'll go back and look at all these things and it's just like, wow. And that's that's what I love yeah, about man. your movies, particularly this one, bringing people back. Yeah, well, thank you. And, and like you said, the, the, we have such a, a mentality that, oh, they're – they're older now. They can play the grandma. It's like they're so much better than that. They can, you know, they can carry a film with on their pinky finger. You know, they don't even have. To, they're so dynamite. And yeah, that, that that was the main goal. I wanted to see them back on screen doing their stuff, and hopefully, I I I've, I succeeded with that. Well, I, I guarantee, in my mind, you succeeded. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um. I'm really looking forward to seeing your your future work that comes out. You know, cowboy, I mean, cowgirls, and pterodactyls, <laughs> which I'm sure, from just seeing the pictures, I'm hopefully it's going to be better than cowboys and aliens. <laughs> oh, <well, well>. God! <laughs> budget's no different, but I got a feeling I got a feeling I'm going to like this one better. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get Harrison Ford mad at you or, or Daniel Craig. Yeah, I know. But maybe they'll realize, hey, let's give the young guy a chance. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? But, Josh, thank you for taking time out of your day to let me interview you. And um, I'm looking forward to having you guest host with us again on another movie, you know, and those kind of things. We talked about um, Charlton Heston's Will Penny. or I think you're, I think you're yes. game for any Charlton Heston movie. <laughs> you, you name it, I'll be there. <laughs> Thanks again, thank, Josh. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.